0: It's still one of the biggest weekends of the year. Here in the States, 4th of July weekend, looks to have crowded beaches, cookouts, fireworks all over the country. I might even have myself a kosher Nathan's hot dog. Of course... Neighbors to the North, celebrating Canada Day on July 1. Maybe you're eating some poutine right now. In both countries, freeways are crowded. Maybe even more as airlines have once again struggled to keep up with healthy staff. People are heading to the beach or camping, getting the s'mores ready. The best recipe, two marshmallows, a slab of chocolate on both sides, and of course, graham cracker. If you're cooking out this weekend, try it and thank me later. 4th of July, Canada Day, both celebrate the birth of two powerful nations. But Christ's kingdom comes not with might, but with service, sight to the blind, healing the sick, proclaiming the good news of sins forgiven. Welcome to Haven Today here on the first day of July. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus as we wrap up a series called Unlikely Conversions. If you're in Canada... I sure do hope you're enjoying your national celebration today. But even in the United States, many have already begun their long Independence Day weekend as well. On our weekday program, we've been thinking about unlikely conversions found in the Bible, from King Manasseh in the Old Testament to Nicodemus in the New. These are stories of people we wouldn't expect to put their faith in God. Sometimes, An unlikely conversion happens to someone you thought was already a believer. I can remember years ago listening to a pastor tell his testimony. He said he didn't start following Christ until he had been in ministry for over 10 years. He began his ministry still believing the lie that if he could do enough for the Lord, the Lord would pay him back. Ten years later, he was preaching through one of the gospel texts when it hit him. Jesus doesn't love him because of his ability to preach. Jesus loves him because he just does. That's a simple truth. Jesus loves us. He doesn't wait till we can be productive or fruitful workers. He loves us now. He knew that in his head, of course, but it hadn't quite reached his heart yet. But 10 years after he preached his very first sermon, he finally became a Christian. Unlikely conversions, can come out of nowhere. They tell us that we don't get to decide who's in and who's out. Unlikely conversions can tell us that the Lord is the one who saves us, not us. And sometimes he even saves a pastor who has been hard at work for decades. Well, today we're going to think about another story like this from the New Testament. Someone who clearly knew Jesus and followed Jesus, but was hit with a season of doubt. His name, John the Baptist. I know that sounds a little shocking. The cousin of Jesus, that bold prophet proclaiming, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That John had doubts? He did. And we'll see how Jesus responded to them when we dive into the Gospel of Matthew in a moment. I'd like to send you another conversion story, though, that will greatly encourage your faith. And that's the most reluctant convert the untold story of C.S. Lewis. Recently, I met up with Max McLean and asked him about Lewis and why his story is still so important for us today.
1: What we wanted to do was, was capture Lewis's journey from hard-boiled atheist, vigorous debunker of Christianity. Yes. Uh, you know, his, he, had, uh, he had the rhetorical gifts of somebody like uh, Christopher Hitchens um, and could have been like him if the Lord hadn't uh, gotten a hold of him. Uh, but you know, his life was, uh, his atheism came, you know, as, as a result of, he lost his mother to cancer when he was a boy, he had an estranged relationship with his father that grew Mm. worse after his mother died. Mm. He experienced the senseless brutality of trench warfare in world war one. And, uh, through that, he came to the conclusion that either there was no God behind the universe, a God indifferent to good and evil or worse, an evil God. Mm. And that was the starting point. What was really strong about Lewis is he always gave the alternative. And the materialist alternative, which is one Lewis believed, is that ultimate reality is is the mindless result of physics and biochemistry. And if that's true, then our daily experience of evil and suffering, of injustice, of wickedness, of right and wrong, are simply the accidental results of atoms colliding in skulls. It's merely the cards we're dealt. But with Christ, there's a reason for our suffering.
0: Max McLean sharing about the relevance of C.S. Lewis still today. After this program, I'd like to send you a copy of this just-released DVD for your gift to this listener-supported ministry. Your faith will be inspired by it, and it's a great resource to share with those who have no faith or are struggling with doubts. Why don't you call us after the program? And the number you can call is eight hundred sixty-five haven eight hundred sixty-five haven Or go on our website, check out the most reluctant convert movie trailer, and then you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. Now let's get the program started with the Gaither Vocal Band.
2: Jesus Messiah Good night. Above all names Blessed be thee
0: Jesus, Messiah, the Gaither Vocal Band on a Haven Today called Unlikely Conversions. I'm Charles Morris. In these next few minutes, I want to share with you one more unlikely conversion from the Bible. He had been hard at work telling others about the Lord, but somehow he missed the message that Jesus is Lord, that he is the Messiah to come. I'm talking about the cousin of Jesus, that first cousin. John the Baptist. He was sent by the Lord as a forerunner, one who was to prepare the way for the coming of Christ. And that's what he did. He was a powerful prophet, preaching repentance and baptizing many who came out to hear him by the Jordan River and believe his message about the Messiah. He even baptized Jesus. And then after Jesus' baptism, John was given a vision of the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And he even heard the voice of the Father. And this was John the Baptist, a faithful worker in the Lord's house. But he didn't quite believe in Jesus. Matthew tells us the story of Jesus and his disciples eating when the rest of the Jewish community were fasting. And John was upset. His disciples and he did fast. Why didn't Jesus? So he sent some of his disciples to ask Jesus. And John still wasn't quite sure about his cousin. He had moments where he believed he was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But when he saw Jesus acting in ways he didn't expect, he didn't have that same confidence. Why didn't he fast? Well, the answer by Jesus reaffirmed his identity. How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. So why didn't they fast? Well, because the Messiah was still with them. Jesus was still there, working miracles, preaching, the kingdom of the Lord has come. John still needed to learn the true identity of Jesus. And this became even clearer just a little while later, while John was sitting in prison, about to die. He was beheaded. Matthew gives us the story in chapter 11. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? And Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in the palaces of kings. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. John was in jail. He was there because he preached powerfully against King Herod. And as he was in prison, he must have felt confused. If the Lord had come and Jesus were the Messiah, why was he, John the Baptist, sitting in jail? I don't want to press this any more than I should, but we don't know when John had clear faith in Christ or if these scenes of questioning were moments of doubt instead of signs that John had not been converted. But sitting in that cell, John needed answers. Are you the Messiah or are we supposed to wait for another to come? It's a question many of us ask, I think. Is Jesus really who he says he is? Or are we supposed to look somewhere else for our hope and our salvation? You might be asking that question even today. Maybe you're considering a turn back to Jesus, but you aren't quite sure. You don't know if Jesus is the one. Maybe you should look elsewhere, wait for redemption from somebody else. That's an understandable question, but this answer of Jesus to John can also be his answer to you. Listen to what happened through Jesus. The blind could see again. The paralyzed were able to walk. The deaf could even hear. The dead are raised. Those suffering in poverty were given a message of hope. This is the gospel of life, and it was all happening through Christ. And these weren't just metaphors. Jesus actually did heal the blind. He actually gave the deaf their hearing back. And he actually made the paralyzed able to walk again. And he really stood with the poor and preached the good news to them that their poverty was not a punishment from God. This was the work of the Messiah. Jesus sent John's disciples back with that message. And if you today are confused about Jesus, think about what he did, who he loved, how he healed. John needed this. We need this. The work of Christ demonstrates who he is, and the work of his people should reflect his work. But did you hear what Jesus said to the crowds after he sent John's disciples back? The least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. Why did he say that? John was a great man. In fact, he was the greatest man, but he had trouble believing that Jesus was really the Messiah. He went further than struggling to believe. He seems to have actually doubted, too. Now, there are different kinds of doubts. There are doubts that are our attempt to believe, but in the midst of struggle. And then there are doubts that say Jesus isn't really the Savior. Either way, the least in the kingdom is greater than John, because even the least in the kingdom has submitted to Christ as Savior and Lord. And John wasn't quite there yet. I'm confident he got there because he was later beheaded by Herod for preaching and standing for righteousness. It was an unlikely conversion because from the outside looking to the inside, it looked like John was already converted. But these scenes of his questions to Jesus shows he was still on his way. And that means the story of John can be a comfort to us as well. He was on the way just like we are on the way. We struggle to believe, we doubt, we ask our questions. Sometimes we don't want to believe, but the Lord is with us. And Christ the Messiah walks with us day by day. Our faith might waver, but his faithfulness never does. And you and I, even today, can rest in the hope that we have in his ability to save. We
2: Walk in darkness deep, now see the light of morning, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, a child to us is born, behold the Lamb of God, who takes sin.
0: Andrew Peterson, who lives in Nashville, singing, Behold the Lamb of God. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today. I'm so grateful to spend a little more time with Max McLean today. If you'd like to hear the extended interview I did with him, check out the Great Stories podcast. You can learn more at haventoday.com or visit your favorite podcast location and search for Great Stories with Charles Morris. There are a lot of movies out in theaters this summer, even more on streaming services. But if you want a movie that will entertain but also point you to the great story of Jesus, look no further than The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis. This movie draws back the curtain to reveal his early life and his conversion to Christ, it's told in such a unique and compelling way that I think you'll be hooked from the very first few minutes of this movie. In the Trinity term, 1929,
1: I gave in and admitted that God is God, knelt and prayed, perhaps that night, the most dejected, reluctant convert in all England. I did not then see the divine love that would accept a prodigal on such terms. Kicking, struggling, resentful, darting his eyes in every direction, looking for a chance to escape. The hardness of God is kinder than the softness of man. His compulsion is my liberation.
0: A little excerpt from the most reluctant convert. As you watch C.S. Lewis's journey to Christ, You'll be inspired. It's a much needed reminder that the gospel never, never stops working. But I also know it would be a great movie to share with someone who is struggling with their faith. So here's my invitation call us right now. For 88 years, the Lord has used friends like you to help us keep sharing this great story. So call us. And make your gift today for the Most Reluctant Convert on DVD. Our number you can call is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. We're answering the phone through the weekend. Or go visit our website and watch the movie trailer on the movie that we've put up. You can make your gift there and ask for the DVD at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time? when again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If you've ever been around kids, you know that they are hardwired to be legalists. What do I mean? I mean they'll change their behavior to get what they want. For candy or snacks, they'll listen and behave. I confess I've used candy as an incentive to get my children to clean their rooms. And sometimes we're tempted to treat God like that. Maybe I should keep the law. But James reminds us, whoever keeps the law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. Law keeping for blessing just doesn't work. If we fail once, we've lost. Rather, we trust in Jesus Christ, who did keep the law for us. In Him, we are forgiven. Get to know Jesus more. Visit getanchor.com.